I'm Sarah, and today we're going to Old Tucson Studios. This is slightly problematic, but we're getting better. With me, we've talked about tourism and intersectional theory, but how did I apply both of these into my research? I went to Old Tucson Studios and I asked a lot of people a lot of questions. Let's start with Old Tucson. It's currently closed due to COVID-19, but Old Tucson is a film studio turned theme park just outside of Tucson, Arizona. The structures were first built in 1939 for the Gene Arthur film, Arizona. That's right, the first film made at Old Tucson was about a woman who owned her own cattle ranch, baked pies, and personally went after the guys who stole her cattle. Producers chose this site because of the landscape. They wanted vast, open, sweeping views. They wanted to build an entire town, and then they had to run a herd of cattle through that town. They also needed somewhere that was close to Hollywood and had predictable weather for outdoor filming. Arizona was nominated for two Oscars in 1940. And just for perspective, the year before, the 1939 Oscars were dominated by Stagecoach, The Wizard of Oz, and Gone with the Wind. Since then, Old Tucson has hosted over 400 projects, including film, TV, commercials, and music videos. It's an icon that has appeared in homes and theaters across America and the world for over 80 years. Old Tucson plays into this by effectively becoming a heritage site. Filmmakers and families have walk those streets for generations. In 2014, Old Tucson committed to becoming a multicultural, living history, educational center by transferring their lease from the Old Tucson Company to the Arizona Sonora Western Heritage Foundation. They also formed partnerships with the University of Arizona and the Arizona Historical Society. The park reuses film and character names on their stores and restaurants, and many of their shows are interpretations of films previously created on property. And every year, they host local events like the Western Heritage Festival, the Wild Wild West Steampunk Convention, and Nightfall, the annual Halloween haunt. Old Tucson grew with its audience and established their place in the community. Now, for those of us outside of the Sonoran Desert, after 80 years of seeing Old Tucson in our westerns, it's pretty embedded in our brains that the American Western is in the Southwest. 49 out of 50 people I interviewed said the Sonoran Desert with its swirl cacti was a good place to set a western. It beat out pictures of Wyoming, Alaska, and South Dakota because it is incredibly convenient to film in southern Arizona. The predictable weather and proximity to Hollywood made Old Tucson an ideal location, Saguaro's included. The interesting thing is that saguaros only grow in that one region of North America. The American West is so much bigger, but our collective visual is of this one small area. It gets weird when films say they are in one place, like Texas, and they show Arizona identifiable by the saguaro cactus. But why is the saguaro such a big deal? Here to explain is our first guest. Hi! Good day, my name is Jisawarmon Sabran. I come from the Thanatham Nation, specifically the Santa Verde District. Uh, I wear many different hats. Currently, I'm a PhD candidate 
at the University of Arizona in American Indian Studies with a minor in journalism. I'm also a freelance journalist when I have the chance. And I'm also a full-time faculty at Thanatham Community College in the Thanatham Studies program. Lovely to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I think first to start off, uh, I want to explain a little bit about what Soros mean to um, my people. And so we have our stories that explain, you know, how things became to be our creation stories, why, you know, things look the way they are, or, you know, um, for example, how a, 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 the snake became a a rattlesnake in some cases, you know, different things like that. And so for us, when it comes to Sororos, um, it was actually a human being that turned into a Sororo. And so for myself, um, you know, I don't speak for the whole Thanatham nation, but specifically um, where I grew up and my upbringing and my teachings, uh, I look at the Sororo as a, as a human being. And the Sororo, uh, provides plenty of different things for not only humans, but also animals. When it comes to our new year, our new year is a season, which is in June and July. And a part of that is having a soro fruit harvest where we pick the, the fruit off of the soros, also called the uh, baitach in autumn. And we turn it into jam, syrup, and it's also um, made into a ceremonial wine. And so it's a big factor, um, you know, in our in our history, our culture, our traditions. There's another part to all that. So you have this cultural side within my tribe, but then when you look at anything relating to Arizona, there's always a Saguaro. And there's there's been times where I've seen things with the Grand Canyon, and there's a Saguaro. You know, anything situ you know uh, oriented with Arizona, and so um, you know that. It, that's unique in a sense because this is the only place where you can find Saguaros and it's kind of iconic, you know, to have a Saguaro in um, advertisements, tourism, films. I've taken literature classes where you have somebody writing about the desert and I remember particularly in one class they were talking about Arizona and talking about um, the Southwest and, and they started talking about armadillos. We don't have armadillos here, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, you gotta make sure you get, you know, your facts correctly. To me, you always have to kind of see what is portrayed correctly, you know, what kind of looks a little funny. The next question is what does the Sonoran landscape mean to you? Which I feel like we covered. <laughs> Uh, I can go a little bit more in depth if you'd like. Yeah. For the Thanatham Nation, we were never removed from our homelands. And so we see this area as the heart of the world, you know, the center of the world, you know, our Autumn Druid. So Autumn means people, Druid means land. So the people's land. And, and for us you know like i just mentioned it's it's the center of the world for us and you know there's no other place like it and a lot of time people don't think that the desert has a lot to offer it's just hot <laughs> and there's just dirt here 
but there is there's so much abundance of animals nutrients within the plants and monsoon rains in this in the summertime you know it's a beautiful place here you know this is our homeland and i think people need to recognize that and respect that and understand that when they get opportunities they should acknowledge whose land that they are on um and so for anybody that comes to tucson realizing that they are on the ancestral lands of the thanato yeah i think you um also bridged into our next question as well thank you um how are saguaros adapted for their environment saguaros are really fascinating in my opinion because of how long they live and I guess the best way to put it, how they store, I was gonna say house water, <laughs> you know, cause it essentially is like their house where they're able to just um, thrive in the desert. They're living their best lives in my opinion. <laughs> and there was a recent article that did come out though that was addressing climate change. There were sorrows that bloomed uh, out of season cause that usually starts taking place spring here we were in fall and they were sprouting flowers. And so scientists and um, we're kind of looking at that and saying, what's going on here? <laughs> but again, for myself looking and seeing, you know, sorrows as people, as our ancestors, it kind of, to me was interesting because of the pandemic right now and everything that we're experiencing. And then you have a so you know these these group of sorrows that bloom out of season, and it's like everything's off, and the environment feels that, the environment knows that, the sorrows know that. But at the same time, though, you know we are resilient people. Um, the sorrow is resilient, and I feel like you know when things start to get better, so will the sorrows. So it's, I don't know if that makes sense with kind of looking at that. Um, if it's a coincidence or how that kind of correlates. I thought that was interesting because I was interviewed for that, uh, a Washington Post uh, article about it. And uh, it made me start to really think about things. But again, like I said, um, we're resilient. The next question is, how would you like to see the Sonoran Desert portrayed in the future? I think it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with accuracy, capturing the beauty that is here. They try to include mountain ranges that I guess the common person, if they're not from the area, wouldn't recognize. But then, you know, for myself, I'm like, wait, that's not even like a mountain range that would be here in, in the Southwest, <laughs> you know? I'm like, and you can tell, like, I don't know how to explain that, but you can just tell and you're like, that looks like Colorado, or that looks like, again, like New Mexico, or even, you know, Northern California. And I'm like, that's so, totally not the Southwest. I feel like too many times I understand money is a factor, you know, time and all those different things that go into making a film. But I mean, you gotta do it right. So you need to, if you're doing that, you need a budget and you need to make sure that you're actually coming to the Southwest and you're actually doing your filming here. And, um, you know, getting all of those details that someone like myself who is from the area would recognize. I, again, you know, just going back to just being accurate and being able to come here and really capture the beauty and the essence of what makes uh, 
the Sonoran Desert, just an amazing place. It, it sounds like, uh, what you say, representation matters and it goes beyond just people. It definitely applies to place as well. Yeah, and I, and I think also to just um, like those landmarks, you know, not only the plants, the animals, but the, the mountain ranges as well, because when you're in Tucson, every single direction you look, you'll see a mountain range. And then on top of it, you know, there's places within Tucson that have shown up in film. Yeah, that representation to just do it right, I guess, is the best way, because there's been so many times that I've seen in literature and films where it's supposedly supposed to, you know, be the Sonoran Desert, and you're like, nope, that's Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> where can people go to learn more? I think social media is a really good place to kind of find out infor information if you go to the right pages, <laughs> you know, looking at the Swirl National Park. Also to the, there's a desert museum is another good resource to give you information to learn specifically about the Autumn Nation. Um, my tribe, my people, we have a website that you can visit and um, learn more. Also, City of Tucson, you know, is a good place to kind of start to as somewhere to kind of starting place and then branching off to kind of find more information. Um, and unfortunately, you know, Old Tucson Studios is a really great place to for tourists to kind of check out and look and look at and see how old films were filmed and, you know, kind of get that, I guess, Western <laughs> feel here in the desert, but, you know, it closed and, and because of the pandemic and that it, it's just kind of disheartening to see those those attractions and other small businesses and local businesses that have had to close because of the pandemic. So, you know, I'm really interested to see what does end up happening with Old Tucson if somebody buys it and reopens it or if it's just gonna kind of sit there and, you know, just collect dust and nothing ever comes of it again, you know? Well, I guess time will tell. It is an important piece of American culture and They've, they've come back before, so I think they can do it again. Yeah, I'm really I'm hoping the same thing because uh, one of the main events that they would hold is um, nightfall. So all of October, they would have, you know, Halloween, um, you know, attractions and different shows. And it was just, I've been going there like my whole life. <laughs> and so, that was always something to look forward to. I really am interested to see what kind of, what happens and see what becomes of it because I, I just really hope that it, I don't want it to get destroyed. I don't want it, you know, anything like that to happen to it. I just really hope that, um, yeah, definitely have ties to old Tucson. And like I said, you know, I grew up watching Westerns, but that's, that's all I have. And we'll link everything you said in the description so everyone can check it out. Cool. Thanks, Giselle. If you learned something from this episode, show your support for the Tohono O'odham Community College by giving them a donation or following them on Facebook. Links are in the description. If you want to continue the conversation with me or any of us at Slightly Problematic, you can find us online at slightlyproblematic.net or on social media using the handle at slightprob.net. Thanks, and we'll see you in volume two. <laughs>